0: All right, what up? Welcome back. Finally, another new episode of the Wide Right podcast. I am your host, Ryan Honey of LeadsportsNewYork.com, Elite Sports Radio Network. Finally, episode 19 is here, haven't recorded in over a month, been busy, Um, there's not a whole lot to talk about the NFL, it's kind of a dead uh, time of the year, you know, but now we have free agency coming up, the draft eventually uh, coming up, so I'm officially declaring this season 2, episode 1, it's just going to say episode 19 when this episode um, releases, whenever that may be, right now it's Thursday night around 6 o'clock. Um, but yeah, I'm declaring this the first episode of season two of the Wide Right podcast. Uh, the new NFL league year is approaching, so uh, I guess it's fitting to call it season two. But yeah, so first episode of the new season, episode 19, going to get into some free agency talk, some draft talk, uh, the draft's coming up in late April. Um, but I want to start off on something a little bit more, a lot more serious Um, And that's, everyone has seen, you know, the news, Um, the coronavirus outbreak, uh, it's spreading everywhere. I mean, the last time we spoke, it was a thing. The coronavirus had been introduced, but it wasn't, um, you know, the danger levels weren't what they are now. I mean, now it's into this country. Now it's affecting a lot of people and a lot of people are becoming sick. A lot of people are dying. A lot of people are losing loved ones, and it's affected the sports world greatly. I mean, there's going to be nothing played for however long at this point. I mean, just in the last day, we saw the NBA season suspended, the NHL season suspended, uh, and NCAA conference tournaments for basketball were canceled, uh, the NCAA banned fans from March Madness and then canceled the men's and women's tournaments for basketball. Canceled championships for winter and spring sports. Um, NFL canceled pre-draft prospect visits. Uh, MLB suspended spring training. Pushed back opening day by at least two weeks. And uh, my first reaction to this is, it's just, it's so tragic. Not even just a sports thing. It's just the entire outcome of this. The entire outbreak. It's just, it's a very tragic time. It's a very sad time. It's very unfortunate. Uh, I know it's confusing for a lot of people. Uh, It's just, it's a very, it's something that we've never really, I've never really seen anything like this, at least in my lifetime. I just turned 23 and in my 23 years of being, I've never seen or witnessed anything like this. I mean, I remember, uh, I remember the Ebola virus was, that was, I think my senior year of high school. Remember H1N1, swine flu, that was, I was in like sixth grade, but nothing, I've never seen all these events get canceled like this. It's crazy. I mean, it is a, this is just, it's wild. It, 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 there's no, there's no, not many words I can really put to it. It's just, it's a crazy time. And this is only, it only seems to be the beginning You know, right now, we haven't really heard much from, say, the XFL. From a sports standpoint, we haven't really heard much from the XFL. We haven't heard, um, you know, much about even the WWE. The NFL draft may be affected. You know, that's only next month. People are going to be traveling for that. There's going to be a large group of people for that. Um, Political debates, political rallies... Also, events that have a lot of people that people travel to go to. Um, high school sports is probably next as far as cancellations are concerned. You know if the schools are closing down then high school then the sports are closing down. So as far as what this affects and what this leads to and the events that get canceled, suspended, postponed, it's only the last two days have been crazy and it's only the beginning. And I said as far as a cancellation, from a can from sports getting cancelled from that sort of standpoint. I literally said I saw I first heard about the Ivy League canceling the their spring sports for the rest of the school year. Yeah so yesterday, which is Wednesday. Um and I'm a big College Across guy, so I said that's gonna p- completely change the landscape of College Across. At the time, you know, at, you know, to be on college across right now is pretty much done. I mean, they've canceled. I don't think th- they've canceled the championships for spring sports. So maybe they'll play out this regular season and that's it. But I mean, if everything's getting canceled, they might as well cancel that too. The, you know, the season completely. But when I saw the Ivy League canceled spring sports, I said, you know, the top three, three of the top five teams in men's college across are from the Ivy League for the top twenty are from the Ivy League. And in women's across, two of the top 20 are in the Ivy League. I think Dartmouth is in the top 10. They were number they were number 9, I believe. And then I started to say, you know what? The Ivy League is going to start the cancellation, the big cancellations. Because once other conferences see the Ivy League is putting the foot down and making this huge crucial decision, they're going to feel more comfortable to follow suit. And that's exactly what happened. And you look at basketball. Ivy League canceled their conference tournament a couple days ago. Just Thursday morning, you saw all these conferences cancel. The AAC, the ACC, the SEC, Big Ten, Big 12, Pac-12, American East. Um, you know, Big East. I watched the first half of St. John's Creighton, and at halftime, the, it was canceled. A couple hours later... March Madness was canceled. So it's... It's just... It's a crazy time. And... I I don't even know what this means for, you know... Sports TV shows. Sports radio shows. Even... I don't even know what the future... The near future... The foreseeable future is going to hold for someone like myself. Like a writer. Or my other fellow writers for Elite Sports. Or writers that I follow from... Other news outlets, what are they going to talk about? I mean, we do have NFL free agency coming up. That's going on as planned. But even like if the if these pre-draft work or these pre-draft, you know, prospect interviews are getting canceled, then what's going to happen to the NFL draft? Is that going to be pushed back? Is that going to be event? Is that going to be an event that maybe not, that may not be live in person you know, maybe they'll have to do it more of a traditional way, in some way, shape, or form. I don't know. It's I I I just have a huge. It's not. This gets worse before it gets better, and I think we're gonna see that soon enough. But as far as canceling everything goes, it's it's a move that needed to be done, on all counts. The NBA needed to suspend the season. The NHL needed to suspend the season. The NCAA needed to cancel the tournament, March Madness, and the championships. They needed to do everything. They needed to cancel. The spreading is real. The passing along of the disease is real. And there's again, there's not many words to put to it. It's just a crazy, tragic, um, unfortunate time. That's really that's all. And we got to stay safe. We got to take proper care of ourselves. You know, we need to be aware of our surroundings, what we touch, where we go. We have to prevent the spread of this disease. And in order to do that, they needed to cancel these events with these large groups of people. 100%. All right, getting into some more. Let's get into Giants football. Um... First I want to talk about free agency. Now, it's clear the Giants a couple of the Giants needs. They need a cornerback, pass rusher, offensive lineman, linebacker. Now, I as far as free agency is concerned, you know, some of those problems can be, you know, fixed through the draft. But as far as free agency is concerned, I like to look more towards I mean, I'm preferring them look more towards a pass rusher, uh and a cornerback. So they have Right now, they have $78.5 million in nearly $78.5 million in cap space per overthecap.com. And some of that came from the recent retirement of Rhett Ellison. Now, if they ink a deal with a big time pass rusher who wants a big time payday, I don't feel like they'll have the cash for a corner. And if they do, I don't think they should spend it because, you know. The Giants are are a rebuilding franchise. It's as simple as that. Whether you want to deny that or not, they are a rebuilding franchise. Simple. Don't spend a whole lot of the cap room. Don't give up a whole lot of the cap room. If you you sign a big-time pass rusher, then I don't think they can go for a big-name corner. It's just that simple. And if they sign a big name pass rusher and also sign Leonard Williams, then they definitely can't go for a big name corner because they won't have any money left. But as far as pass rushers are concerned, I think the four big names obviously Shaquille Barrett from the Bucks, Unique Ngakwe from the Jaguars, Javion Clowney um, from the Seattle Seahawks, and Marcus Golden, of course, who is just coming off his first year with the New York Giants, uh, who will be hitting free agency. Barrett is obviously the most talented out of the four. I mean, 19.5 sacks last year in a league where quarterbacks have become quicker, quarterbacks undergo more designed runs. He's the most talented, I think. I think there's no question to that, as far as a a pass rusher is concerned. But he's going to be absurdly expensive, especially if he hits the market. He said he'd be willing to take less in order to stay with Tampa Bay but that might not be the case if he goes elsewhere. If he hits the market and he goes somewhere else, he's going to be absurdly expensive, at least in my opinion. And the Giants may and should be reluctant to spend that much money again when they are rebuilding. So, I I would not go after Barrett. I think he's talented, I think he's excellent but I think he's going to be absurdly expensive, and I don't think the Giants could really afford to spend that much money on a pass rusher right now when there are a number of other needs, you know, a number of other holes they need to fill. Okay? I mean, they're going to spend money regardless on a pass rusher, but I just, think, I, th- I just think he's going to be absurdly expensive, and I wouldn't do it. I mean, I wouldn't pick... I wouldn't pay... Ngakwe or Clowney either. I just think they're going to be too expensive. Ngakwe is seeking $22 million a year. Clowney is seeking 22 to $23 million a year. I would steer clear, especially I would steer clear from Clowney at all costs. You know, J- Jadavion has never had a double-digit sack, never had a double-digit sack total in a season in his career. First... First uh, six years in the league. Zero, four and a half, six, nine and a half, nine, three. So 22 to $23 million for a guy that's never had double-digit sacks in a season, it's not a great move. And Gakwe hasn't had, he had 12 sacks in 2017. Since then, nine and a half, eight. I mean, when you're just talking about that statistic, Marcus Golden gave you more production just last year. And that's the guy I want the Giants to get, or, you know, keep in this situation. I don't want them to sign Barrett, Clowney, and Gakwai. I want them to get Golden. I believe he'll be the cheapest out of all four. He's familiar with the organization. He's worth the money, even if he has a higher price tag than than last year, which he will. Last year, he was only, it was a one-year deal worth $3.75 million. He'll definitely have a much higher price tag. Um, And he's so worth it 10 sacks last year First double-digit sack season For the Giants since JPP Had 12.5 in 2014 First Giants linebacker to have double-digit sacks In a season since LT Had 10.5 in 1990 He is worth the money And Gettleman better save up for it He better save that money for him He's going to give Nearly the same He's going to give around the same, if not more, production than Ngakwe would and Clowney would, and he's going to be much cheaper. He's not going to—I don't think he'd give as much production as Shaquille Barrett, but again, it's the price. I think when you line up the production versus the price, I think he's the perfect match, and um, he'll be a giant next year. I'm hoping for it. As far as cornerback, we're moving on. As far as cornerbacks are concerned, though. My two, my two go-to guys are Byron Jones, one, and James Badbury, two, of the Cowboys and Carolina Panthers, respectively. Now, Jones is more talented. He's a solid physical corner. He could provide that leadership presence to a defensive backfield that definitely needs it. This is why I don't want to go cornerback in the draft. I don't want them to get a young cornerback. They're going to need someone who's a little bit older, 27, 28, Been in the league only four or five years, just like either of these two guys. Bradbury's been in the league for four. Byron Jones, I believe, has been in the league for five. They need that veteran presence. They're so young and inexperienced at corner right now, it is ridiculous. And it's what led to them finishing 28th in the league last year. The Giants' secondary finished 28th in the league last year, 264.1 passing yards allowed per game. You know, Janoris Jenkins is gone. So that leaves us with. That leaves the Giants with DeAndre Baker, who's 22. Sam Beal, 23. Corey Ballantyne, 23. Julian Love, who can play both corner and safety, 21. Grant Haley, slot corner, 24. Byron Jones would be able to bring that veteran leadership to a struggling secondary that most certainly and desperately needs it. But. Bradbury could do that too. And I think what Bradbury has in this situation that's a little that an advantage that Brad that acquiring Bradbury would be a little bit of an advantage over acquiring Byron Jones because of the again, it's the same concept as Marcus Golden versus Shaquille Barrett and all them. It's the price tag. The one thing I feel Bradbury has over Byron Jones is it's going to be a cheaper option. And I think that's going to be, if they do sign a corner in free agency, I think that's going to be the guy that they get, because he's a former Dave Gettleman draft pick. When Gettleman was the GM of the Panthers, he drafted him in the second round of the 2016 NFL draft, um, was supposed to come into Carolina, fill the void, left by Josh Norman. As you all know, Josh Norman was an all-pro corner in 2015 for the Panthers, had the whole You know, the game against the Giants with Odell Beckham. The whole fight thing. Odell spearing him in the head. Odell gets suspended for a game. Uh, He leaves Carolina after that that year. Moves on uh, to the Redskins. He was supposed to fill that void. Um, And he wasn't nearly as good as Norman was in that 2015 season. But he was still a reliable cornerback. You know, and he's... He's not as talented as Byron Jones, but he's a cheaper option. I think that's the guy to go after. I think Byron Jones is going to be real expensive. He had a he was a second-team All-Pro in 2018. He was a Pro Bowler in 2018. And I, yeah, I mean, I—I I think he's going to be a lot more expensive than Bradbury. Um, but I mean, if—but the, if, then again, if the Giants, it's either one or the other at this point. And I think if, you sign, if they re-sign Leonard Williams, which we'll get to in a bit, um, not exactly happy about that situation, but I'll get to that in a bit. Um, if, they sign, if they re-sign Leonard Williams, I think you only have the money for one of the two, pass rusher, corner. I think if they don't go pass rusher at all, then... I'm trying to think. I, mean, I, think, I think they will have the money for Jones, but I don't know. I just don't want them spending so much and I think Jones is going to be a lot. So I think I would pick Bradbury here. I really, I, I really would. Um, it's just, It just comes down to the money. And it's the same concept as Golden. Match the pr- production up with the price tag. I just, I think, I think Bradbury is the option here. I'm, I don't want to, I'm not going to, I wouldn't look into Chris Harris. He's definitely an option, but he'll be expensive. He's a four-time Pro Bowler, three-time All-Pro. He's going to be 31 in June. He had a down year in 2019. To be honest, I look at you. Call me crazy. I'd look at Prince Amukamara over Chris Harris. I mean, call call me crazy, but he'll be the cheapest guy out of the four corners we just named. He's not going to be as expensive as Bradbury or Harris or Jones. Um, He has familiarity with the organization. The Giants drafted him in the first round in 2011. He was on the team through 2015, and he has a great deal of experience. You know, experience and depth is what this group needs, and Amuco could provide that. Now, Harris could also provide that, but a, a Kamara would be much cheaper, be a much cheaper option. I think if I had to rank the three guys on this list that I think are the perfect, the, the, if, I, if I had to rank the four on this list to get as far as production, age, um, price tag, factoring in all that, I think I would put... I think i put Bradbury at one, Byron Jones two, Prince three, um, and Chris Harris four. So, I have an Amukamara jersey from when he was on the Giants, but that's not the reason why I'm saying he should be on this list. I think they they actually should at least look into the potential acquisition of him. Um, Again, familiarity with the organization, experience, and depth. He could provide all three things. Experience, familiarity, and depth. So moving on to Leonard Williams. Now this is where I get I get more upset about this move every day. Because at this point the deal is still a lose lose situation and always has been. Giants gave up a third round pick and a fifth round pick, sent them to their crossed on rivals, the New York Jets in exchange for Leonard Williams, whose contract was expiring, as if that makes any sort of sense. If they re-sign him before the new league year, that fifth turns into a fourth, so they might as well wait until the new league year. Even if they have a deal in place, well, not a deal, but an agreement in place, they should wait, find that loophole, wait to sign that contract until after the new league year commences on March 18th at 4 o'clock p.m. Eastern Time. So they don't lose the fourth round pick. They just do lose the fifth round pick. So they essentially be losing less. They wait. They only lose the fifth. So I think they should wait, even if they have an agreement in place. I think that would be a good move. I think that would be a good loophole to sort of utilize. But if they lose him to free agency, this is why it's a lose-lose. If they lose him to free agency, the trade was a waste. Then he would have just been a rental player on a team that wasn't a contender whatsoever, even in their own division, which does not make any sense. And if they do resign him, if they don't lose him to free agency and they do bring him back for 2020 and beyond, they'd be giving up a whole lot of cap room to a guy that, to be honest, doesn't deserve it. I mean, he had half of a sack across 15 games last year. He had half a sack when you can factor in what he did with the Jets and then what he did with the Giants, he does not put up great numbers. He's not productive. I know that defensive tackle isn't exactly a sack position, but still, it's, that's, that's an absurdly low number for a guy that is, could be making a ton of money per year starting in 2020. So if they lose him, it's a bad move. If they sign him, it's a bad move. If they tag him, deadline has been extended to Monday, next Monday. So they have teams have until the end of next Monday to franchise tag or transition tag. If they tag him, he may hold out. So then you have another problem on your hands, a problem that they didn't need in the first place. It's becoming a worse move by the day. And I don't even know what they pay him. Maybe 15 million a year. I mean, does that sound great? No. Does that sound reasonable? Absolutely not. It's insane. I mean, they are going to, they have already lost this. The deal hasn't even been done. Whether it's going to be done or not, a deal hasn't been done and they've already lost it. They've already lost this situation. They And they lost it back in October when they traded for him. They've been losers for this situation for four months now, over four months. It's just—it's becoming a worse move by the day, and uh, I don't like it one bit. No matter what happens, whether they sign them, whether they don't, whether they tag them, neither is a good move. None of it's a lose-lose-lose situation. That's what it is. I don't like it at all. All right, moving on. Final segment of the program. Uh, As we're nearing 25 minutes now, the NFL draft. Now, as I stated before, I don't know when this could occur as far as the coronavirus outbreak is concerned. I don't know when this could occur. Supposed to be April 23rd to 25th in Vegas. Supposed to be the huge. It was going to be on the water in front of the fountain, I believe, at the Bellagio. They're supposed to, the players when they get drafted were supposed to come in on a boat. Doesn't seem like that was going to happen, to be honest. But. Regardless, I think they have, as far as the Giants' first-round pick, Giants pick at number four overall. I still think they should still trade back to number five or six. Uh, Miami is at number five. The Chargers are at number six. And I think they have two options with their their first-round pick. And that's offensive line or Clemson linebacker Isaiah Simmons. I think those are their two options. I don't want them to get Okuda. I don't want. I want experience at corner. That's why I want to. F- I want them to fix the cornerback spot through free agency. I want experience at corner. I don't want another young guy. Plus, Detroit may take Okuda at number three. That's if Chase Young goes number two to the Redskins. Um, the Lions last year had the worst secondary in the league. Finished thirty second with two hundred eighty four point four passing yards allowed per game. I think if Okuda is available, if Chase Young, it or yeah, if Okuda is available at number three. Um, which I believe he would, and Chase Young doesn't. Go, and Chase Young goes number two to the Redskins, so Chase Young isn't available. Take Okuda. They would take Okuda. I mean, if the Lions, if the Lions stay at number three, they could trade back. If the Lions stay at number three and Chase Young is there, take Chase Young because he's a generational talent. But if he isn't, take Okuda. Now, I love Simmons because he would bring that leadership on this defensive, on this. He would bring that leadership to the Giants in the defensive end, which is what they lacked so much last year without Landon Collins. You could see, it was evident just by even like you didn't even have to pay attention to any story in the off season. You didn't even know what Landon Collins was up to. Once you see the Giants' defense last year, you say, "Wow, they're without that number twenty-one guy. They're without that strong safety who's you know up in the box looking to rush the quarterback or back, you know, going for." They it was clear and evident just by looking at the defense in general that Landon Collins, the the presence of Landon Collins was not there. The Giants lacked that leadership on the defensive end last year. Isaiah Simmons could fix that problem. He is so athletic, he is so versatile, he would be a tremendous addition to a defense that truly and absolutely needs it. He can play up in the box, he could play in the secondary. I think the Giants, if they pick him, need to maximize his talent because if you do, he'll be able to succeed at a high level. I think if Isaiah Simmons is available at number four, five, six, whatever the Giants pick, you got to take him. I, I don't think there's any shot that, I don't think there's any, it wouldn't make any sense for them to pass up on him. None. But if they decide not to take him or if he's not available, then you got to go offensive line. And I like the four top prospects, which is Jedrick Wills from Alabama, Andrew Thomas from Georgia, Tristan Wirfs from Iowa, and Mekki Beckton from Louisville. But I am not as high on Beckton as others may be. because everyone loves Beckton. Everyone saw him at the combine, said, Oh, he's so athletic. Isn't They're all athletic. Everyone says, Oh, his 40 time this, which is very impressive. Don't get me wrong. His 40 time this, his you know, broad jump this, his vertical jump. Yeah, these guys are extremely athletic. All of them. Everyone's acting like, oh, he's so athletic, he looked so good at the combine, he looked he showed he has great athleticism. Yeah, all of them have great athletic great athleticism. They're about to be professional athletes. They're about to be the top some of the top athletes in the world. They're all athletic. That's not saying much. And Becton is too big. He's 364 pounds. Speed rushers will go right around him. And uh, if the Giants pick a tackle, he's got to succeed right away. Because Giant fans have seen too much of, you know, you get a new tackle and he struggles right away and he never becomes, it happened, they chose Eric Flowers in the 2014 draft. That didn't work out at all. Or the 2015 draft, excuse me. That didn't work out at all. They signed Nate Solder. Which everyone was so excited about because the Giants finally had a left tackle, not named Eric Flowers. That hasn't worked out at all. You know, Nate Solder might move to the right side this year. In 2020. Because he's just been so bad at left tackle. Whoever they draft has to come in and succeed right away. Because Giants fans are sick and tired of seeing the tackle struggle. That's why Mike Remmers was gone. Right tackle from last year, he's gone. He'll be a free agent this offseason, and the Giants aren't likely to bring him back. If anyone I think they should go, if they're going to go with an offensive tackle, I feel like they should go with Tristan Wirfs from Iowa. I mean, Big Ten Offensive Lineman of the Year, first team All-Big Ten. He's got that perfect size, 6'5", 320. The Giants already reportedly quote-unquote love him. He's got such a dominant presence on the line. He can recover quickly if he's overpowered right away, which would be a good quality to have as a rookie because he's going to notice the difference between college speed rushers and just college pass rushers in general than than NFL pass rushers. He may be overwhelmed right away. So the fact that he's able to bounce back quickly when being overpowered on the line is a plus. Um, And he's got quick feet. He could play right tackle and then transition to left tackle if Nate Solder struggles again, which could, as I just said, could definitely happen. He's struggled the last two years. So, yeah, I mean, I think if they do, if they pick any of these tackles in the first round, I think they are going to definitely play right tackle right away and then sort of transition over time to the left because I'm definitely confident in Nate Solder struggling again. So, yeah, I think that's... But in my mind, I think Simmons is the pick. I think you got to go Simmons. I think he's got a huge leadership presence and the defensive front. um, I think he, uh, when you're talking the defensive side of the ball, he just, he can play anywhere. And I think the Giants need that versatility, that athleticism, that leadership um, that they lacked last year. As far as the later rounds, as far as the later rounds are concerned, I mean, I'll have another episode about this in the future. um, At some point in the future when the draft, you know, creeps up closer. But I think the Giants could and should definitely draft a wide receiver and a tight end at some point, Um, especially since, you know, Sterling Shepard and Evan Ingram, you don't know how healthy they're going to be in 2020. You know, Sterling Shepard missed six games in 2019 because he had multiple concussions. There was talk at one point when he was in the, I think it was like the second or third trip to the protocol, you know, there was talk, is he going to play again? And he did, he did come back and he played, but there was still talk like, is this guy ever going to play again? Because it's just these concussions, they're serious. And when you get multiple concussions, it's a serious issue. And it ruins some of these guys' lives. It ruins some those, the way some of these guys make decisions. It's just, you know, it's terrible. And so he missed six games due to those that type of setback last year. Engram has always had injury-related concerns. I mean, he's missed 14 games in the last three years. In his three years in the NFL, he's missed nearly an entire season. He's missed 13 games over the last two seasons. Missed eight this past year. So, uh, I mean, the Giants do have Caden Smith. I think Caden Smith is the answer, the long-term answer for the Giants at the tight end position. I don't think Engram is the long-term guy. I think they they should trade him at some point. I don't think they, they definitely shouldn't. I mean, there's still talk about him getting the, them giving Engram the fifth-year option. Um, you know, they they may or may not do that, but whether they do or not, I don't think they should sign a long-term deal with him eventually. You know, if they give him the fifth-year option, I don't think they should sign to, sign him to a long-term deal when that's done. Um, if they don't give him the fifth-year option, I don't think they should sign him to a long-term deal when the fourth year is done. You know, I, I just don't, I don't think Engram is a long-term option at tight end. I think Caden Smith is a better option. He's healthier. Um, He already he impressed in some games last year. He already established a good good enough connection with Daniel Jones. Um, I believe, you know, that's one of the most important things as a tight end is establish that good chemistry and that good connection on the field and even off the field with your quarterback. I feel like Caden Smith did that. Um, Yeah, I, I think Caden Smith is a better option for the long term. And I and a lot of other people and a lot of other fans and a lot of other writers probably feel the same way. So but I do think they should still pick a tight end at some point in this draft. At least have, at least have some depth. You know, if Engram goes down this year again, you know they're going to need a backup for Caden Smith. Scott Simonson was re- recently released. Um, you know, Rhett Ellison retired. They just don't have a lot of bodies at that spot, and they're going to need someone. So, but we'll talk about more about the later rounds as the draft, you know, inches closer. But Thank you for tuning in. I'm so sorry. It took so long to release another episode, but finally back, season two of Wide Right. Um, Once again, I am your host, Ryan Honey of Elite Sports New York. Follow me on Twitter, at Ryan Honey, E-S-N-Y. That's at Ryan Honey, E-S-N-Y. And I'll talk to you guys soon. Thanks.